0: Christian nationalism.
1: Christian nationalism.
0: Christian nationalism.
1: Christian nationalism. Christian
2: nationalism. Christian nationalism.
1: Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism.
2: Christian nationalism nationalism has emerged as a buzzword in the last few years, particularly after the January sixth insurrection at the US Capitol. You hear the crowd outside of the Capitol while it was being breached, singing Amazing Grace.
0: And as you can imagine, January 6th just made my religion radar go wild. A huge amount of religious imagery accompanied the mob that invaded the Capitol that day. You could see it in flags proclaiming, Jesus is my savior, Trump is my president. And in the patches worn on tactical gear, citing biblical verses about wearing the armor of God. You could also hear it in hymns sung by rioters and prayers shouted into megaphones that day. The mood for many, as they described themselves after the event, was something like a religious revival. But Christian nationalism is a term that's poorly understood by much of the American public. And so is its role in society and politics.
1: They have no interest in trying to create a culture, an American culture, in which people live together with differences. They have a kind of fundamentalist attitude, and it comes from the fact that they believe God is speaking directly to them, that America was and is a Christian nation,
2: and one religion, one culture, should be privileged over all others. From Carnegie Night News 21, I'm Francesca D'Annunzio.
0: And I'm Henry Larson. This is America After Roe, a series exploring the forces that led to the reversal of Roe v. Wade and the ongoing battle to reshape America in ways that go far beyond abortion. Part 3, Christian Nationalism in America.
1: He's all over the room. Hallelujah. You know the song singing like this.
2: We're at the Faith and Freedom Coalition's Road to Majority Conference. Held over the summer, it's an annual gathering of conservative Christians.
0: They discuss policy priorities and hear from candidates, including some of the Republican frontrunners for president.
3: But as president of the United States, I will lead the effort to extinguish the fire of cultural Marxism once and for all.
0: That's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis.
3: We will return normalcy to our communities This is a time to stand for truth This is a time to proudly put on the full armor of God
2: Former President Donald Trump also addressed the group You and I have been fighting
3: side by side to rescue our country from evil and from the sinister forces who hate it I believe they hate it and I believe they actually want to destroy it Together we're warriors in a righteous crusade to stop the arsonists, the atheists, globalists, and the Marxists, and that's what they are. And we will restore our republic as one nation under God with liberty and justice for all.
2: While he spoke, viewers watching a live stream of the speech shared comments like, Trump will fight spiritual warfare for us. It's this type of rhetoric that is becoming more and more common in mainstream politics, Here's Matthew Taylor, a religious scholar at the Institute for Islamic, Christian, and Jewish Studies, based in Baltimore.
1: Broader Republican politics are very hard to separate these days from the agenda of Christian nationalism and Christian supremacy. Those ideas have so permeated right-wing politics and right-wing Christian politics in America that they're just ubiquitous now. And the things that were on the margin, the things that were fringe. 20 years ago have now become
2: part of the carpet. Christian nationalism is based on the idea that America was founded as a Judeo-Christian nation and that Christianity should therefore have dominion over every aspect of public and political life. John Fia is a professor of US history at Messiah College, a Christian academic institution in Pennsylvania. He says Christian nationalism is about power and about privileging a particular view of Christianity at the expense of other beliefs.
1: I see a Christian nationalist as somebody who uh, has an aggressive sense of wanting to take over institutions. They're anti-pluralists. They want control.
0: Taylor, the religious scholar, put it this way.
1: Christian nationalism is this big, vague, sentimental coalition of people who feel that the United States was this, special Christian nation or had a unique Christian identity that has somehow been usurped.
0: You can trace its rise back to the 1960s and 70s, when the civil rights movement and other political action led to liberal policies on immigration, abortion, and more. That coincided with restrictions on things like school prayer.
1: There's a lot of people in America who feel that all that cultural change, all that shift, all the growth in LGBTQ rights. All the increasing religious diversity, all the increasing secularization has somehow diluted something that was pure and good in America in the past. That's what I would call Christian nationalism.
3: Those here for gay marriage say that's
0: it, the issue's settled, but those on the other side say what the court's done here is ignite a new Roe v. Wade, and years of war over this issue are still ahead.
2: That's Paul Strand of the Christian Broadcasting Network reporting from the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court in June 2015 after the court legalized marriage equality. Many conservative Christians saw the ruling as a direct attack on their faith, and some experts say it was a turning point for Christian nationalism.
0: Around that time, a South Carolina preacher named Dutch Sheets started a prayer movement. He called it an appeal to heaven, and he began traveling the country, calling on Christians to pray for America to return to its roots. News 21 requested an interview with Sheets, but a representative from his ministry said in an email that he does not do interviews. Here's Sheets, nevertheless, talking to the Christian Broadcasting Network back in 2015. And I don't care what they say about the unborn. I don't care what they say about marriage. It ain't
3: over till God says it's over. It's not settled law, he says it's settled law. We're gonna change these things.
2: Fast forward to the 2020 presidential election. Sheets joined other far-right religious leaders in speaking out around the idea that Trump's loss was fraudulent and that Americans needed to come together to fight back under the banner of God.
3: But thank you, Lord, for the citizens who have raised an outcry.
2: That's Sheets, broadcasting on his YouTube channel on January 6, 2021, just before protesters breached the Capitol to stop lawmakers from certifying the election results.
3: Maker of all things. Overthrow those today who have considered themselves wiser than you, rejecting, covering up all the fraud. Shut the mouth of Leviathan, the spirit that twists truth. Let the battle for America's future
0: be turned today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Philip Gorski is a sociologist at Yale University and one of the authors of a book called The Flag and the Cross, White Christian Nationalism, and the Threat to American Democracy. He explains how Christian nationalism connects with controversial ideas like election denial conspiracies, and why that matters.
2: The problem is that there are a fair number of Christian nationalists who don't really believe in democracy. What they believe in is power and order and authority. What they want is a society where people like them are on top of the hierarchy. And if democracy gets in the way of those goals, well, then too bad. You know, there are more of these people than you think. And because they're well-organized and because they've kind of lined up behind Donald Trump, you know the chances of them getting their way are not small. And if they do get their way, that will be you know the end of American democracy, at least for a generation.
0: Public officials who espouse some of these types of beliefs disagree with scholars like Gorski. Here's Jason Rapert, a former Arkansas state senator who leads the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. He says he'd like to see Christians elected to all levels of government, but... We are not advocating a theocracy, which is what sometimes people will say from the, the bleachers, so to speak. No, we're not. We're advocating the principles and the values of the Founding Fathers. This is a country where we honor God we value freedom and liberty, which is a value we think that God gave to us.
2: Last year, the Pew Research Center surveyed over 10,000 adults about their views on religion's role in public life. Half of the respondents were randomly assigned questions about whether the U.S. should be a Christian nation. The other half answered questions about Christian nationalism.
0: In that first group, 60% said they believed the nation's founders intended for America to be a Christian nation. 45% said the country should be a Christian nation, but what that actually meant varied considerably. Only 18% thought it should mean having Christian based laws and governance.
2: When it came to Christian nationalism, more than half of those surveyed hadn't even heard of the term. Those who had were more likely to view it unfavorably. A different survey, this one by the nonprofit Public Religion Research Institute, found that about 10% of Americans adhere to key tenets of Christian nationalism. Here's Taylor again.
1: There are a lot of different forms of Christian nationalism, and I don't think that they are all equal in their threat to our political order.
0: Whether Americans fully understand the concept or not, some Christian nationalist ideas continue to gain momentum in the public sphere, with the rise of politicians like Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, of Georgia.
3: I'm a Christian. How many Christians do we have here? So, you see, I also call myself a Christian nationalist. And that's not a bad word. And there's nothing wrong with leading with your your faith.
0: And Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert.
2: The church is supposed to direct the government. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk that's not in the Constitution. The ongoing grassroots efforts of people like Dutch Sheets also keep these ideas in the public eye. Here he is at a 2022 event hosted by Flashpoint Live, a televangelist channel where people unite under the common cause of, quote, taking a stand for our nation. Sheets leads a packed auditorium near Atlanta in reading the so-called Watchmen Decree. It lists 13 principles about how government, society, and God should all intersect.
3: As a... Patriot of faith, I attest my allegiance first and foremost to the kingdom of God and the Great Commission.
2: According to Sheets and his congregants, the church should be in charge of America.
3: We, the church, are God's governing body on the earth. We have been given legal power from heaven and now exercise our authority. We know this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. We declare that we take back influence at the local level in our communities.
2: And they say they won't stop until they save America.
3: We will never stop fighting. We will never, ever, ever give up or give in. We will take our country back. America shall be saved.
2: America After Roe is a production of the Carnegie Night News 21 program at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. This episode was written and produced by me, Francesca D'Annunzio, and Henry Larson. Our editor is Regina Revazova, and the executive editor of News 21 is Pauline Ariaga. Music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Find out more about America's reckoning with abortion at americaafterroe.news21.com.